It's the Tennessee Star Report with Michael Patrick Leahy. Call and be heard. 615-737-9522 or 1-800-688-9522. 800-688-WLAC. Now, here's Michael Patrick Leahy. Good morning, Nashville. It is 5.06 a.m. We are broadcasting live from our studios on Beach Grove in Nashville, Tennessee. It's Friday, July 30th. 2021 this is the last day that we will be last day of july we'll be broadcasting when we come back it'll be august so we'll have seven months of 2021 down and just five more to go i don't know if we can (laughs) i don't know how many more months of this biden maladministration we can take masks on mask off mask on mask off now what's the rationale We don't know what the rationale is, nor does the Centers for Disease Control, but you must wear them. And, of course, Queen Nancy Pelosi, the tyrant who now is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, who apparently is running the country, um, is said uh, she's going to arrest anybody in the Capitol who's not wearing a mask because, uh, now, what's the science on that? No, we're deja vu all over again. We've been talking about this since uh, the beginning of March of last year. Uh, So you add March, April, May, June, July. That's 17 months, folks. And in that 17 months, I personally have not seen uh, any medical evidence or scientific evidence presented that all these dopey cloth masks do anything to limit the transmission of COVID-19. Now, look, there are some studies out there that are sort of these aggregate studies that, that say, well, we looked at all these states that had mask mandates and uh, compared them to that didn't. And in some studies, we show that it had an effect limiting the transmission. But the problem there is one of causality, right? Yeah, just be just because there's a correlation in some instances doesn't mean there's causality. And so all of the scientific reports that I've read, again, I'm not a scientist. I don't play one on the radio. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio. But I haven't seen the evidence that there's any connection whatsoever between limiting the transmission of COVID-19, either the original version of now this Delta version, uh, this Delta variant, uh, that masks don't help limiting that. That's the evidence I've seen, right? Now, we're not on Facebook, so they can't cancel me for saying that. Uh, but it is, this is, a, it, I'm just reporting the facts that I've seen. If you've had other, other facts, you can call us now, 615-737-9522. The mask thing, the mask mandate thing. It's a bit of a religion, isn't it? The zealous religion of the progressive far left. Generally speaking, I think most Americans think the following. Masks are silly. And the the national, federal government, and state governments, and in some cases city and county governments, uh, are requiring the wearing of masks so they can assert power and control over you. They don't really care about this issue of the spreading of COVID-19. Now, what's the easiest thing? If the Biden maladministration 
really cared about limiting the spread of COVID, what is the very first most logical thing you would do? I'll tell you what it is. You would stop illegal immigrants who have COVID, which is most of them, I guess, from coming across the border. But the Biden maladministration has done exactly the opposite of that. Hmm. What's wrong with that picture? <laughs> what doesn't fit there? The, the Biden administration is deliberate, deliberately allowing more than one million illegal aliens to cross the border in the United States. Uh, the very few of them that have been tested for COVID have a very high rate of COVID. They're not vaccinating them. They're not giving them vaccination passports. As it turns out, under the Biden administration, citizens of the United States are the second-class citizens, and those that are superior are illegal aliens from Central America and other countries. Who knows where they're from? India, China, Turkey, Pakistan, coming across the border. They are the ones with the superior rights. You doubt me. You know, if you're an illegal alien and you're trying to get on a domestic flight, you don't have to show ID. No. Citizens of America have to show all sorts of ID. But uh, illegal aliens, no, they get a pass. Just, you know, this is exactly the opposite of the way it ought to be, which tells you it's not incompetence on the part of the Biden maladministration, legal but not legitimate. Uh, it's not incompetence. This is a deliberate plan on the part of the Biden administration to bring in illegal aliens caring not one bit about the health of Americans that are influenced by the spread of COVID from these illegal aliens. But they're looking for future Democratic Party voters. That's it. It's pure, raw politics. It's frankly quite disgusting. And on that happy note, <laughs> we welcome you to Friday. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Tennessee Star Report with your host, Michael Patrick Lee. We'd like to know the data behind it. I'm a doc. I want data. CDC is saying that a certain percentage of patients, even if they've been vaccinated, can get infected and spread it to others, and they're just as likely to spread it if they get infected. I haven't seen that data. That's what they're saying. And that is Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy. He's a doctor. He's kind of a moderate rhino. He's not my, he's a Republican. Uh, not my favorite senator, actually. Pretty pretty far from the top of that list. But nonetheless, he, he makes a very good point. Now, where's that data? Where's that science? I mean, when, you know, what is what is the Center for Disease Control saying today? It's, it's hard to figure out, but it's particularly difficult when there's no data behind all of these draconian measures. They want to take, and just as a reminder, what, what is the guideline from the Center for Disease Control? Well, the guideline is for counties. Now, remember, counties, in most cases, uh, counties, well, in every case, a county has been created by a state. And in our federal government, 
uh, the way it works is there's a national government that has sovereignty in certain areas, and then state governments that has sovereignty in other areas as well. And what we've got is a situation where uh, 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 the counties actually are creations of the state. In Tennessee, six counties have the ability to make their own rules, the larger counties, and 89 counties uh, are, have rules made by the state. That's kind of how that's worked out here. Um, but, but what the Center for Disease Control is saying is, well, we have rated every county in the United States based upon whether they have high or uh, medium or low uh, transmission rates. And in those counties that have high transmission rates of coronavirus, those counties, we recommend everybody, whether they're vaccinated or not, stupid, by the way, a very stupid idea, um, must wear a mask indoor. That's a recommendation. Okay. What's the standard to be at high risk of transmission? Notice, high risk of transmission, not deaths. And if you look at the number of deaths, it's just very, very low. Everywhere. Uh, transmission is up in some areas, but deaths very low compared to, you know, the peak of the COVID pandemic. So the standard is, in the last seven days, have you had more than 100 new cases per 100,000 population? And we talked about this yesterday. If you look, and I'll have to check these numbers up again, but Davidson County, that is slightly below that 100 per, uh, per 100,000 transmission rate in seven days. So that's something like 93. So it's, it's in the medium level, basically. So therefore, CDC recommendation doesn't apply to it. Williamson County, Rutherford County, Murray County, they're all about 105 per 100,000. So in theory, that recommendation would apply to those counties. I think Williamson, Rutherford, and, and Murray are, are in the 89 counties that are where the health department is determined by those rules are determined by the state, not by the local counties. I haven't heard the, 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 the state make any comments on that yet. We'll see what they have to say on it. Um, They've, they've been squishy on everything. The the element of squishiness here, and just by the what's the theme of what's going on in the state government of Tennessee? Well, we have a governor, Bill Lee, who is weak. We call him Governor Weekly. He has presented himself as a conservative, but he hires left-wing bureaucrats to, to run the departments, and then he lets them do whatever they want. He's just not paying any attention to what they're doing. He's not on top of the details. They are running circles around Governor Bill Lee. The bureaucrats are. And, and you know, the, the three worst examples of that, most egregious examples are in education. The UC Berkeley grad, Penny Schwinn, who's taught, I don't know, like a year or two in a classroom uh, and has all these very bad ideas, uh, is running circles around him as commissioner of education. Why he ever brought her in to run that department is beyond anybody who understands anything about schools. Then you have the out-of-control Juan Williams, uh, who decided on his own, apparently, to do these diversity, equity, and inclusion councils last year. They've been running them for some time. The governor found out about it and said, oh, i got to find out about that. 
He's apparently done nothing. We're going to have a report on this. Apparently, he's actually hired somebody now and put him in, in human resources to actually implement these ridiculous councils where everybody's got to go through these stupid trainings. Uh, we've got some examples of it we'll talk about uh, next week here. Uh, we got some breaking stories that Chris Butler's working on. We're trying to get the governor to respond, but the governor won't respond to us. Doesn't talk to the Tennessee Star because we're the only conservative publication in the state. Doesn't want to talk to conservatives. Wants to talk to the liberals. Wants to talk to the Tennessean. Wants to talk to, you know, W, the new Channel 5 is good buddy Phil Williams. Although Phil, Phil, of course, is a, a far lefty masquerading as a journalist. Had an interesting story about Michelle Fiscus. You know, Michelle Fiscus, this is the left-wing pediatrician who was in charge of the immunization program who basically helped manufacture uh, a government policy kind of in co cooperation with others at the Department of Health and snuck it in, apparently, under the nose of Governor Bill Lee. And once they snuck it in, he said, well, we're not really doing that. But, in fact, they are doing that. And the Commissioner of Health, Lisa Piercy, came in the other last week and said, well, what the government said about the mature minor doctrine, yeah, we're not doing that. We're going to go in. And what the mature minor doctrine is, it's a, based on a legal case, Tennessee Supreme Court in 1989, where the Supreme Court said in certain instances, um, uh, children under 18 can be declared mature adults and uh, can decide whether or not they can have certain medical treatments. That was a legal doctrine which should be applied in legal cases of litigation, not a statewide policy. Um, but what uh, Dr. Michelle Fiscus and others, I think, at the State Department of Health did is they took that legal doctrine which is supposed to be applied just in cases under adjudication and transformed it into a policy of the state. Um, the governor doesn't know anything about it. When confronted about it, said exactly the opposite of what the policy is, but you can see it posted on the website of the Tennessee Department of Health. It's called the Mature Minor Doctrine. It just appeared there on May 21st. How about that? It just appeared out of the blue, May 21st. And uh, uh, it was a statement that says children age uh, 14 to 18 can be declared mature and uh, can be administered COVID-19 vaccines without parental consent. Now, that's totally contrary to common law and totally contrary to what the Tennessee General Assembly wants. But if what the left-wing bureaucrats want, and so what it's doing. Uh, when all this came out, uh, Dr. Michelle Fiscus who was a, a, a high level, but not the commissioner, and Tennessee Department of Health, she ended up getting fired. Now she's she's gone to Phil Williams, the lefty guy at uh, News Channel 5, and is whining and complaining and pointing the finger at uh, her former compadre, Lisa Piercy, the commissioner of health. Here's a headline, our story by Bradley Vassily. Tennessee's fired immunization chief blasts health commissioner on COVID testing contract. Dr. Michelle Fiscus, the recently fired director of the Tennessee Department of Health's Vaccine Preventable Diseases and Immunization Program, blasted Tennessee Health Commissioner Lisa Piercy this week for the latter's handling of a $26.5 million COVID testing contract. Quote, she was, we knew that she was not being truthful with that committee, Fiscus said to News Channel 5. 
referring to testimony Piercy gave before the state legislature last December when she was pressed on certain issues. She's not being truthful. Okay, you know, sour grapes, yeah. Is it true? I don't know, but, you know, I don't trust uh, Lisa Piercy one bit, nor do I trust Michelle Fiscus. We'll have more. Hey, Glenn Jacobs, mayor of Knox County, not a big fan of these mass mandates. He'll be here, and he'll talk about what he's doing in Knox County after this. This is the Tennessee Star Report. I'm Michael Patrick Leahy. Welcome back to the Tennessee Star Report with your host, Michael Patrick Lake. 5.33 a.m. Broadcasting live from our studios on Music Row. It's July 30th, 2021. Friday. It's the end of the week. We're almost there. <laughs> Get ready to have a nice weekend. Scooter, do you have a big weekend plans? You going to go out to the lake? No, no, just going to goof off. All righty. Well, um, I'm going to goof off, too, over the weekend, and uh, I look forward to that. Uh, we're going to talk in a bit, if all goes well, we're going to talk with Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox County. We are efforting to reach him on the phone right now. But before we get to that, I want to talk about um, our story yesterday, or actually on Wednesday, about Glenn Jacobs. And this was the big day when... The Centers for Disease Control issued this yet another, again, very confusing set of guidelines. We'll get into it for Knox County and what it means for Knox County and the rest of the rest of the state in a bit. But uh, here's the story by Corinne Murdoch. Knox County mayor won't impose new COVID restrictions uh, or mask mandates as Delta variant spreads. Well, I'm kind of all for that. I, I like Glenn Jacobs. And uh, here's the story. Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs won't impose any new restrictions or mask mandates, even with the rise of the Delta variant and regular cases. The mayor made this declaration in response to National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases uh, Director Dr. Anthony Fauci's interview with CNN anchor Jake Tapper. Fauci revealed that he and other public officials were considering renewed guidance recommending masks for fully vaccinated individuals. That came out on Wednesday. Nobody really knows what it means or why. On the Newsmaker line right now, our good friend, the mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs. Good morning, Mayor Jacobs. Good morning. How are you? Did you get your wake-up call with your directions from uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci today? (laughs) I think uh, I think a lot of us have gotten a wake-up call from Dr. Fauci recently um, with uh, directions. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, with everything going on um, with Ron Paul, uh, excuse me, Rand Paul, um, and the uh, uh, the debates that he's had with Dr. Fauci, um, you know, the, the wake-up call isn't great anymore. <laughs> no, not at all. And you know. <laughs> Uh, first, let me just ask the obvious question. Have you seen any definitive studies that show the wearing of these cloth masks have any impact on limiting the spread of COVID-19? 
it depends on what study you look at, uh, what result you'll see. And, you know, there are some that point one way, some that point the other way. Um, I think the governor of Iowa, you know, she put it best months ago when she said uh, it really depends on what study you look at. Um, there are studies, and they're peer-reviewed and, and credible, uh, that show that the cloth masks, you know, don't don't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. Other people have studies showing that they do. Uh, I think when we look at the overall uh, spread of COVID-19, you know, and uh, compare places with stricter mask mandates, no mask mandates, those sort of things, uh, it, it looks like the virus um, it just does what it's going to do. Yeah, regardless, despite right? Despite what it, interventions, yeah. yeah. Despite what interventions people do. Yeah, that was that's my take as well. I I see some of these studies that don't necessarily watch the science of transmission, but in fact do the broader uh, comparison between this area had a mandate and that area didn't, and and you know the area that had the mandate did better, but it does it never seems to make sense that it's necessarily causal to me that's sort of my take on it yeah and i agree with that and i think it's important to point out too that uh, you know covid19 is real Uh, it's dangerous especially for some people um but it's also become incredibly politicized at this point you think (laughs) yeah and and for me you know we're a country uh that's based on individual liberty the freedom to make choices for ourselves and we need to keep that, frankly. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's President of the United States or an infectious disease expert. You know, I don't have a problem with with masks and people doing whatever they want to protect themselves. My problem is when the government says, you must, you will, or else. And that becomes very problematic for me. Yeah, now let's talk about your role as mayor of Knox County. Pretty big county, I guess, population, what, 450,000 or so? Yeah, we're probably closing on to 500,000. Yeah, growing like crazy, aren't you? Yes, we are, actually. Now, um, in the state of Tennessee, there are 95 counties. In six of those counties, uh, the decision uh, about handling uh, health regulations uh, are, are in the hands of county officials, and in in eighty nine, the those decisions are still remain in the hands of the governor. Is Knox County one of those six counties uh, where uh, each county can determine rules and regulations? Yes, we are. We have our own health department. There was a lot of controversy uh, last year throughout the pandemic uh, about we we have a board of health that uh, was empowered to issue health orders. Um, the, the real issue is when you look at state law, we realize that um, this Board of Health could, their powers were literally unlimited. There was no constraints mm-hmm. when you look at statute. You know, we think, oh, they're going to do this during a healthcare emergency or public health emergency. And that wasn't the case. There was no specified time limit and there was no restrictions saying, they can either all it said was they can issue orders uh, you know to protect public health and safety so when you think about things that have happened other places like banning sugary drinks you know saying that guns are a public health crisis gun violence mm-hmm. um, they were empowered under state law to issue regulations concerning those things 
and the regulations that they issued preempted anything coming out of county commission. So they were the most powerful lawmaking body in Knox County. So commission eventually took that power away from them and made them an advisory board. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still looking at state law and all this has changed and it's rather confusing um, as to who actually has the authority mm-hmm. to issue public health orders in Knox County. So and it's very, that's something I think the other county is struggling with too. For you, Mayor Jacobs, and this is typically people would think that the mayor of the county is the chief executive officer of that body and basically sets the, the, the administers the law as determined by the county commission and the state law. But what it, but the but the uh, rules set up gave this I think the is the county public health commission unelected or appointed how how do you get on that uh, they, they, yeah they're appointed they're recommended by their uh, various uh, trade associations um, you know the doctors association and then and the uh, pharmacist uh, people and uh, then they go to commission they are confirmed by commission so the commissioner uh, confirms but, them. How many members yeah, are in the the county health uh, board? In um, there's there's nine, nine, and I do sit on I do sit on the board of health, which is um, which is ironic because the the board of health is supposed to advise the mayor, so I sit on an advisory board which advises me, which makes very little sense. Yeah. So now it's interesting. So they're appointed, um, and yeah. But, now, now let me point out though. I'm sorry to interrupt. But, yeah. Sure. Go ahead. You know, generally. It's one of those things. When they come to county commission. County commission has no expertise in this area, so unless there's something, you know, blatantly uh, wrong or bad or questionable about a candidate, since they're recommended by their professional association, they're probably going to be, you know, uh, confirmed. Well, yeah, and so now, what are the di- what are what have the dynamics been with that board of health during this period of time? You were elected when? When were you elected? Two thousand eighteen. Yes, sir. Okay, so during that period of time, at the beginning of it, the the board of health had these unfettered powers, and now those powers have been limited. Um, what have been the dynamics of that board with with you? Um, there are a lot of. When they had policymaking powers, there were a lot of eight to one votes. Uh, me being the one uh, vote against mandates, um, you know, we had a mass mandate, I voted against that. Uh, shutting down businesses, limiting capacity restaurants, a curfew of restaurants, I voted against all those things. The only time I voted with the Board of Health is if they had something in place and they were replacing it with something less restrictive. Hey, Dave, Mayor Jacobs, yeah. can you stay through the break? Because I want to sure. I want to go into the dynamics here of, of these board meetings that are eight to one with you being the one. That would be sure. interesting. <laughs> Stick with us okay. through the break, Mayor Jacobs. This is the Tennessee Star Report. I'm Michael Patrick Leahy. Welcome back to the Tennessee Star Report with your host, Michael Patrick Leahy. 5.49 a.m. Broadcasting live on our from our studio on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Our guest, a very good friend, Mayor of Knox County, Glenn Jacobs. 
Uh, Mayor Jacobs, you said that you will not impose this mask mandate. You know, I looked at the CDC guidance and it says, well, if you've had more than 100 cases transmitted uh, per 100,000 in the past seven days, you're in the high zone and you should put these uh, band-aids in. I checked in Knox County. Uh, last seven days, you're 102 per 100,000, right on the edge yeah. of high. Uh, it's hard to figure that, but next door, you know, the county will be at like 95 and not be involved in it. You were talking to us during, uh, before in the first segment about something fascinating to me. Knox County is one of six counties where the, the, the public board of health, uh, is independent. Uh, it's a nine member board. You're one of the nine members. The other eight members are doctors. You've said that in the early days uh, of your administration before, uh, the county commission limited their power. There were many a number of votes that were eight to one. And, and sort of here's what's interesting to me. Uh, to me, I think a lot of medical professionals have become highly politicized on this, and that seems to bleed over into the Department of Health. Um, what's your take on it? Well, certainly at a federal level, we can see it with. Dr. Fauci from the NIH, and we can see with the CDC. You know, folks think that the CDC is not a political organization. It is. Uh, in a five-year period, I think it's 2015-2020, CDC employees gave 8,000 political contributions. Five. Five went to Republicans. Dude, what a shock that so, is, huh? Yeah, so you can see that the organization definitely means left. And as far as how that radiates down... You know, um, don't get me wrong, the people on the Board of Health are good people, and they just want to perform a community service. But everybody's looking at the CDC to tell them what to do, because as doctors, that's what they're supposed to do. So it's one of those things where the policies that come out of the CDC, which, again, people think is is really nonpartisan and just absolutely scientific, and that's it, uh, those policies radiate down to the local level. Well, it's one of those issues that we have with the federal government insinuating itself at all levels of government, even when it shouldn't. So it'd be interesting uh, uh, to, to talk about your dialogue with those other eight members who are medical professionals of one level or another. I saw, like last week, the American Academy of Pediatricians, which should know better, came out in favor of mask mandates, wait for it, for children aged two and above. Now, I, I mean, I've seen reports that say masks are harmful to kids. Um, yeah. And are, do you deal with when you're when you're in the room with the Board of Health and you're discussing these things, and, and, and you're talking with the well-intentioned medical professionals there? Do they rely upon these kind of, in my my words? politicized studies to make their case or how, what's that dialogue like with them when you're using common sense and they're using, well, you know, this medical group says uh, we should be, you know, put all these draconian uh, lockdown measures in place. It's very frustrating because we do approach it from different perspectives. And we also approach it from the different perspectives of the role of government. And it's almost like the healthcare professionals now as an establishment, you know, look and say, we're the ones making the decisions, and these have to be enforced like like we're living in a big hospital, um, and we're not. My job as mayor, my primary job 
is to protect, support, and defend the U.S. Constitution, the Constitution of the State of Tennessee, and the Knox County Charter. And when the charter is contradictory, of course, to the U.S. Constitution, I have to default to the U.S. Constitution. That's the issue. The doctors, you know, nationwide, say whatever you want, but as politicians and, and elected officials, we have limits on what we can do constitutionally. And to me, that's been really the most disturbing part. I mean, when Governor Murphy up in uh, New Jersey says that the Bill of Rights is above his pay grade, dude, that's your that's your job. Yeah, exactly. What, what do you mean above your pay grade? That's the essence of your job, my friend. Exactly. And that's why, in my case, I'm not going to back down off of that. I mean, I, people have due process under the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments, and you can't just change the rules in the middle of the game. And that's what's happened. So to me, that's the uh, it's not so much the medical establishment as it is the elected officials. You know, um, I encourage people to take steps to protect themselves, to exercise personal responsibility. But there are certain things that that as a government official, I cannot do. I can't force on people. And that's the big rub. Mayor Jacobs, when and how did the Knox County Commission limit the powers of the Knox County uh, Board of Public Health. Have we lost uh, Mayor Jacobs? Sorry, Michael, lost you there for a second. Okay, good, good, good. When and how, Mayor Jacobs, uh, did the Knox County Commission uh, limit the powers of the Knox County Board of Health? Uh, it's been a few months back. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly when, but uh, it's been several months ago. And the... Uh, According to state law, the county commission actually creates a board of health. We don't have to have one, uh-huh. um, but they create them. Um, so what they did was they basically passed an ordinance, and it has to go through two readings, that says that the uh, board is now just an advisory board and no longer has the authority to independently issue health. How, how did the members of the board of health react to that change? It was uh, – a. Um, most of them get it. Um, one did resign, mm-hmm. which uh, I was disappointed with. Um, you know, they're there. So, you know, if it, if, if, if it did now, I'm not the mayor of anything. But if I were the mayor and, and, and a public board of health member resigned because I'd limited their powers, I would send you I would send them a thank you note for resigning. That would just be me. <laughs> well, the, one of the things that our board of, of health did that really got them in a lot of trouble of. Uh, with the public uh, was they wanted to send a letter to the governor asking the governor to give them authority over the other counties in our region. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I think for a lot of folks that was oh, the last straw. What, what um, was the rationale for you, that? You, well, because, <laughs> uh, because I don't think they thought that anyone knew what they were doing. And, you know, they should be the ones that were setting all right, uh, Mayor Glenn Jacobs, Knox County. Thanks for that. Uh, come back again, if you would, please. Thank you for joining Hello, us. Michael. Thank you so much. Take All right. Care. We'll be back after the news. This is the Tennessee Star Report.